Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Susan Lopresti. Thank you so much for being here with me today. You are listening to the Susan Lopresti Wellness Mind, Body, and Soul podcast. For those of you who don't know me, I am a holistic health coach and a Reiki and meditation practitioner, and I work with midlife women who are noticing changes in how they look and how they feel. And I help them to reclaim some of their youth and energy and vitality that they had when they were younger. And I help women to balance out their life because it's a time of life that is very difficult for a lot of women to navigate. There's many, many changes that are happening in a woman's life. And I help women to... um, accept this time of life and to work through it and to achieve their goals, their wellness goals. And it actually turns out to be some of the best years of their life. And so working with me helps them to realize these goals where they've been struggling for so long. I always believe in being proactive with your health. So I want to talk about digestive challenges that gets. So this topic here is for anyone who's truly listening to this presentation. So unfortunately, I'm not home and I don't have the equipment that I normally do in my house, but I do want to share this presentation with you. So you're going to, unfortunately, I don't know how to do it any differently, um, where you don't see my notes, but hopefully we could get through it and you just pay attention to the slides and listen to what I have to say. So let's move on. We're talking about overcoming digestive challenges. And let me just speak for myself for a moment. I, in my mid forties, had terrible, terrible gut issues. They were really quite embarrassing because I was always bloated and I was always very gassy. And no matter what I did or what I took, I always had digestive problems. I was always constipated. I was gassy, like I said, bloating, a lot of acid reflux, so much going on. And it was through the help of a functional medicine doctor that I was able to cure that. And it really is something that we all need to address because about 90% at least of the diseases that we develop will manifest in the gut first, or the gut is what brings it on. And you're going to see how that plays in. So the first thing that I want to talk about is what is acid reflux and gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is called GERD for short. So it's gastroesophageal reflux disease and acid reflux. So acid reflux, also referred to as the term heartburn, is the result of um, acidic digestive juices from the stomach that back up into the esophagus. Gastroesophageal reflux disease is a more advanced chronic form of acid reflux. Did you know that between 4 to 10% of adults experience symptoms of acid reflux or GERD on a daily basis? And in Western countries, 
up to 30% of adults experience symptoms weekly. And that's according to Dr. Axe. And if you don't know Dr. Axe, look for him on Instagram and Facebook and follow him. He's got some really great information out there as well. So let's take a look at what causes acid reflux and GERD. According to Dr. Mark Hyman, director of the Ultra Wellness Center, there's a whole series of causes, everything from what you're eating to your lifestyle, to stress, smoking, caffeine, alcohol, and also bacteria in your gut, as well as food sensitivities. All of these things can trigger acid reflux. And like I said, that's according to Dr. Mark Hyman. So here are some leading factors that Dr. Hyman lists on the Ultra Wellness Center website. Eating right before bedtime, eating too much, being overweight can push your stomach up, causing acid reflux. Chronic stress affects the nerves in your stomach making it impossible to process your food properly. And this will cause the food to go up instead of going down where it's supposed to. Loss of magnesium, which is caused by stress. Magnesium is needed to relax the sphincter at the bottom of your stomach that actually lets the food go down. Also, food sensitivities may not be diagnosed, including a sensitivity to gluten and dairy as well. Bad bacteria or yeast growing in your stomach will also cause acid reflux. If you've had a lot of antibiotics throughout your life, or if you've been on hormones for any reason, if you eat a lot of sugar or processed foods, all of these things could grow bad bugs in your gut and they ferment and cause reflux. So you really need to pay attention to your diet. And then you want to ask, do I have symptoms? You know, you may not be sure if what your symptoms are are related to acid reflux or GERD. So there are many symptoms of acid reflux and GERD. So it's best to check in with your naturopathic doctor to find out what you're experiencing and if that is in fact acid reflux or GERD. The Mayo Clinic lists the following as common symptoms that are associated with acid reflux and GERD. A burning sensation in your chest, so heartburn basically, usually after eating, which might be worse at night. You may also experience chest pain, difficulty swallowing, regurgitation of food or that sour liquid taste, that's a sign of it. Uh, also, a sensation of a lump in your throat will definitely be a sign of acid reflux. If you have nighttime acid reflux, you may also experience a cough or laryngitis, uh, new or worsening asthma, and also disrupted sleep.
what are the steps that we could take to overcome acid reflux? There are several ways to overcome it and the complications caused by acid reflux and GERD. And I will be taking a closer look at many of them to highlight some of the steps that you could be taking at home for natural relief. And this is also according to Dr. Mark Hyman. And here's what we will be covering. Diet and food allergens, lifestyle triggers, bad routines, stress, also supplements. So let's begin with diet because that's usually the biggest uh, factor when it comes to GERD and acid reflux. So before we get into some specific food recommendations, it's important to look at foods that could be exasperating the symptoms that you're having. Healthy GERD Diet is an online resource with many answers to GERD sufferers, and they have created a general list of things to avoid, including spicy foods. Certain hot spices are known to irritate the esophagus and cause heartburn. Trans fats and high fat foods High-fat foods, particularly those that contain trans fats, can cause reflux because of the large amount of acid required to digest them. Uh, very hot foods and liquids. It's best to let your food and your beverages cool for a little bit before consuming them since very hot substances have been linked to stomach and intestinal ulcers as well, which can intensify the symptoms of acid reflux. So that's the last thing that we want to do is to intensify the symptoms when we're trying to keep them mild and quieted down. Believe it or not, mint and chocolate, both peppermint and chocolate contain chemicals that actually stimulate the release of stomach acids while also relaxing the muscle sphincter between the stomach and the esophagus, often resulting in acid and reflux as well as heartburn. So limit your or eliminate chocolate and mint for sure. And I love mint chocolate. So that would be, you know, a, a real sacrifice for me, but you have to do what you have to do, right? And, you know, once you start to heal and you're healed for a while, you could have once in a while, this is a little bit off topic, but I do want to tell you that once you've healed your gut, to have something in moderation would be fine. So don't stress out about that. You know, I, I want you to keep that in mind. You'll have to go through the process, but once you're healed, you'll see things will be different. Um, and your own trigger foods, given the complex nature of GERD, this one has to be added. And so how do you add what your trigger foods are? Well, start keeping a food journal. In my coaching programs, most of my clients, I recommend that they do keep a food journal. It's very, very important because a lot of times you could be sensitive to a food, but it doesn't react the same time that you eat it. It could take up to three or four days before a reaction actually begins. 
from a food that you ate. Now, I don't know about you, but I sometimes have a hard time remembering what I had for breakfast yesterday, let alone going back to say, what did I eat three days ago that could have been the trigger? So when you keep a food journal or a diary, you can also, at the end of the day, you can know different things besides just the foods that you ate. How did you feel? What were your symptoms? Did you have bloating? Did you have gas? Did you feel nauseous? You know, were you tired? And you could really start to tie together those missing links. So a food journal is really, really important. And I can't stress it enough. This way you could identify and remember what it was that you ate. So let's look at gluten and acid reflux. Gluten is a general name of the proteins that are found in wheat, rye, barley, and trichale, which is a cross between wheat and rye. Gluten helps foods to maintain their shape, and they actually act as the glue that keeps the food together. And the cause of acid reflux and GERD has often been associated with a gluten allergy, intolerance, or even just a sensitivity to it. If undiagnosed, it can lead to inflammation and also leaky gut syndrome and reflux and GERD likely. So you could have one or a combination of all three if you really don't address this issue. And I did get to the point of having all three before we got to the root cause of it because I wasn't seeing the correct doctors at the time. Once I got to see a functional medicine doctor, we got to the root cause of it immediately. And one of the things that we did immediately was eliminate gluten. You could at least do this for a trial period. Put that in mind. Try it out. You may be advised by your naturopath to rule out gluten as a cause of acid reflux or GERD. So if you take it out of your diet, I mean, it takes a while for gluten to really get out of your system. So you're going to have to eliminate it for a good, I would say, more than two months to really start to see a difference because you also need to give yourself a chance to heal. So before you see a difference in how you feel, you need to give yourself that chance to heal. And the only way you'll heal is by eliminating gluten. Now, even if you don't have a gluten allergy, many people are still sensitive to it, where it's causing gas or bloating or constipation or diarrhea. So you'll start to see that correlation when you remove it for your diet, if these symptoms are becoming less severe, then you know you may be onto something, right? So thankfully, um, there are diets out there that really cater to a gluten-free lifestyle. So finding foods and lists and recipes is really easy to get started. And also, of course, that's definitely uh, the role of a health coach when she's working with one of her clients or they're working with the client is to um, start addressing the foods that are on our plate. And we really go in deep with all of that because it makes a huge difference. So gluten-free diets, 
Here we're highlighting two popular options for someone going gluten-free or just someone wanting to start eating better for an overall healthier lifestyle. So the paleo diet founded by Dr. Lauren Cordain is based on the premise that modern day diets should mimic the diets eaten by early humans comprised of mainly meat, fish, vegetables, and fruit, leaving out any grains or processed foods. That's the premise of the paleo diet. The Whole30 diet is a 30-day guided diet program that focuses on eating only meats, vegetables, fruits, and healthy fats via recipes with very few ingredients. Both options are really a great way to get started as they handle all of the heavy lifting and take some of the stress out of making big dietary changes. So I like to introduce diets like that as well. Also the Mediterranean diet I feel is another good one, except we would eliminate all nuts and seeds. So starting the day right, what does this look like? Whatever you're craving for breakfast, there are plenty of great recipes that are out there to get you started that are both delicious and safe options for those who suffer from acid reflux and GERD. And here are some wonderful uh, breakfast recipes that I have looked up and I'm going to put the links to these recipes in the show notes. I don't have the recipes written out, I just have the links for them. So I will share them with you. And then we wanna talk about reflux-free eating. For a lot of us, lunch happens on the go or is eating without much thought because a lot of us who are working, we're working and eating lunch at the same time. Bad practice, I'm going to say right up front, when you're eating, your eating should be your priority unless you're eating with someone where you could be also conversing. But you really need to pay attention to your food. You need to honor the food that you're eating. You need to savor it. You need to really enjoy the textures, the flavor, and be thankful for it. That helps you to slow it down and not rush through your meal. So, for a lot of us, like I said, uh, lunch happens on the go and without much thought, without busy lives. Planning and preparing lunches is going to be a challenge on acid reflux and GERD diet, but it is worth it. It's worth it to take the time to prepare your day and maintain your energy levels so that you could stay on track and you could be making all the right choices. So I have some recipes for lunch that I'd like to also share with you and I'll put them in the show notes as well. And then a healthier version of comfort. It takes a bit of planning and preparation. I'm not going to lie. It's work and it does need planning, but it's something that you have to look at it from the standpoint of, I am doing this for myself. It's for my own benefit. I want to honor this time. I want to come from a place of love and compassion for yourself that you deserve to be eating the proper foods that are nourishing you so that your body can absorb the nutrients 
right? Because when you have leaky gut, you're not able to absorb the nutrients. They're actually leaking out along with everything else into your bloodstream, which is causing inflammation, which ultimately is going to cause disease. So when you're looking at the uh, prep and, and the cooking and the work that needs to go into this, you need to look at it from a positive standpoint of what you're doing to improve your life, basically. So even still, I'm going to be giving you some healthy dinners that you could try right off the bat, and then you could take it from there. So I'm really setting you up today for success. I'm giving you the tools and the resources. And yes, there is still room for dessert and we can have it. So don't fret, dessert is still on the table. And I am going to give you a healthy spin on a few classic recipes. There's a no-bake cheesecake that I'll share with you. There's a dark chocolate Brazil nut coconut bar. Now, you may be saying, oh, but Susan, you said that chocolate is upsetting. Yes, I also said that once you begin to heal, Every once in a while, if you have one of these foods, it won't be the way it is. You know, you didn't get acid reflux and GERD overnight. It's years and years of putting the wrong things in your body that were adding to inflammation and adding to this situation that you have. So you won't heal overnight. But when you do, you can have some of these foods again. And you'll know when you do introduce a new food, if you have an immediate reaction to it and it makes you really sick, that's going to be enough of a motivation to say to yourself, I can't have that ever again. That's something I need to stay away from. So you become your own detective. You take responsibility for your own health. No one is going to take the responsibility to heal you as much as you. No one's going to motivate you as much as you're going to motivate yourself, particularly when you're really sick. That motivates you to get well and do what it takes right? So acid reflux and lifestyle. According to Kevin Kesmini, a gastroenterologist at the University of California, alcohol, nicotine from tobacco, and caffeine are all attributed to heartburn. The reason Dr. Gesmini explains is a ring of a muscle that's called the esophageal sphincter, located at the junction between the stomach and the esophagus muscle. And it's, it's supposed to be closed, except when food is passing through the esophagus. The problem with alcohol, nicotine, and caffeine is that they relax the esophageal sphincter, and that allows acids from the stomach to back up into the esophagus, causing acid reflux. If possible, if you could cut down or eliminate the stimulants to help relieve symptoms of acid reflux and GERD, that will help tremendously. Plus, smoking and drinking are really not good for you anyway, especially if they're not done in moderation. So what does stress have to do with it? 
unbelievably so, stress has a lot to do with it. Whether you're feeling stressed over a work deadline or maybe due to lack of sleep or even some kind of life-threatening situation, the body handles stress in much the same way no matter what the circumstance is. Stress causes the body to draw blood away from the stomach to feed the muscles and the brain in situations where it perceives a threat right? Because digestion is not an essential function in survival mode, blood flow to the stomach decreases, allowing the lower esophageal sphincter to relax so the stomach acid can back up into the esophagus and cause heartburn and also reflux. Your naturopathic doctor might recommend deep breathing exercises, yoga, meditation, or massage to help with stress management, right? So that's also the function of a health coach. And so someone like me, who I am also certified as a breathwork practitioner and a meditation practitioner, we could work on that together one-on-one -on -one, and you may really begin to see an enormous change in how you feel and really a little over no time at all you'll start to see small improvements that will continue to grow as you stay on this path so deep breathing exercises to relieve stress here are some exercises to consider for stress reduction. There's automatic breathing where you put one hand on your chest and the other on your belly. And as you breathe in deeply for about two seconds, your belly will stick out a bit and then you'll feel the air expanding your stomach and then you'll breathe out and slowly through your lips you're going to feel your stomach then go in and you just want to focus on that. Or there's also yoga breath where you put your right thumb over your right nostril and you breathe through your left nostril. Then you take your ring finger from your right hand and you put it over your left nostril and you do the same on that side. And then you switch sides. And that is a wonderful, wonderful way to really slow it down uh, and just get yourself balanced and calmer. And then there's the four, seven, eight, where you hold your breath for a count of seven, and then you release it for a count of eight, and you repeat this at least three times. And that's also a wonderful breathing technique. And then breath counting. So you take a few deep breaths and then settle into your normal breathing. When you exhale, count one. The next time, count two. Until you exhale, each time counting up. 
to five, and then you could start over. These are just some of many breathwork techniques that you could begin to do to help you to relieve stress. And sometimes I do some of these in the car when I'm driving, especially if I'm in New York. It's very stressful to drive in New York and the breathing really helps to slow it down. Supplementing for acid reflux and GERD. It's a little tricky here. There are many beneficial natural supplements that you could add to your diet as well. And here are some recommendations from the naturopath, again, Dr. Axe, who I follow him and I would suggest that you follow him. I learn a lot from him. He's very, very knowledgeable. So is his wife. Um, they're a wonderful team and they also work separately. I would suggest that you follow them. What he suggests is digestive enzymes, and that helps food fully digest and nutrients to absorb properly. And I am a big believer in digestive enzymes. If someone says to me, what's the first supplement I should take? Digestive enzymes is what I recommend. Second, probiotics. You want to add healthy bacteria to balance your digestive tract and crowd out the bad bacteria that can lead to indigestion and leaky gut and poor absorption of nutrients. We want to be feeding our gut the healthy bacteria that it needs. Chamomile tea is a wonderful tea to help reduce inflammation in the digestive tract, supporting healthier functioning. Ginger tea is wonderful. It's good for digestive support and it can relieve symptoms by breaking down proteins. Papaya leaf tea is another one. Papian is an enzyme that's found in papaya and it aids in digestion by breaking down proteins. Magnesium is a complex supplement. It's effective at treating heartburn symptoms and we all need magnesium. It is depleted in our soil. So even when we're eating a lot of vegetables and fruits that are coming out of the ground, they're still mostly nutrient deficient in magnesium. So it could never hurt to take a good magnesium. And also L-glutamine helps to heal leaky gut. And also it has benefits both for ulcerative colitis and IBS as well. So can I just take a pill? You can, but antacids are used to neutralize stomach acids, not inhibit new acids from forming. So there's no lasting relief. It's just temporary. On the other hand, acid blocking medicine, also known as a proton pump inhibitor, do inhibit acids by suppressing natural secretion. Suppressing acid secretion does bring temporary relief, but it does not work to address the underlying cause of the symptom. And that's the difference between Western and Eastern medicine. We just don't want to put a Band-Aid on the symptom. We want to get to the root cause, the underlying cause of the symptoms. In other words, there is no end to taking antacids or a PPI. There's no end to that. Despite their recommended use, which can result in many complications as suppressing the body's natural production of acids and also 
Uh, it impairs the ability to absorb nutrients as well. And these are essential to maintaining a very healthy body. So a PPI and antacids once in a while is fine, but you need to get to the root cause. Instead, also try using some home remedies for those who need immediate relief, right? Relief naturally, what could that look like? Instead of taking an antacid or an acid blocking medicine, talk to your naturopathic doctor and try these fast acting natural home remedies that were recommended by Global Healing Center Raw organic apple cider vinegar, take one tablespoon of raw organic apple cider vinegar mixed with about four ounces of purified water before each meal. This will help calm the stomach and support digestion. It's one of my favorites that I've been doing for years. It's fast acting home remedy for acid reflux. Also, organic baking soda. Bicarbonate is a wonderful product. Mix a spoonful of it in a glass of water. Stir it and drink before it stops fizzing. And then also organic aloe vera. Aloe vera is commonly used to calm an upset stomach. Also helps with diarrhea and redness associated with bowel disease, such as ulcerative colitis. Inner aloe vera leaf gel supports digestion, and it's another great alternative to soothing acid reflux. Now, the only thing I will say about aloe vera is when you begin using aloe vera, it can have a laxative effect on you. So you want to go slowly with that and slowly introduce it a little bit more at a time as you become accustomed with it, but it does help tremendously. And then I also want to talk about soothing bone broth, because another thing to consider um, incorporating into your weekly routine is bone broth, which supplies amino acids, minerals, electrolytes, antioxidants, and collagen to boost the gastrointestinal tract. And that's according, again, to Dr. Axe, and he has a wonderful collagen supplement that you may want to look at. I am not affiliated with him at all. I just love his work, and I follow him intently, so that's why I'm using him as my example. So learn more about curative benefits of bone broth and including a recipe from Dr. Axe. And I'm going to put the link in the show notes to that as well. And so we covered a lot here today and you may be feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but believe me, you got this. Believe me, everything that we've covered here today is a great starting point to make the necessary changes to help you to overcome the pain and the discomfort associated with acid reflux and GERD. So I really hope that you enjoyed this. And I will also include some resources that I have marked here as well. 
And for anyone who has found this to be interesting and you'd like some additional help, please don't hesitate to let me know. I do want to let you know that I am doing, starting April 1st, and I'm opening up two private health coaching programs. I am doing a 12-week program. It's called the 12-week goddess program. And I'm also doing a four-week goddess program. So depending on what your needs are and what's going on with you, we could decide which program would be right for you. But basically, both programs look a little bit like this. It would be a 30-minute health assessment where we would talk about your goals and your desires. And then after that 30-minute assessment, if you decide that you would like to work with me, then we would decide on which program is right for you. But what it would be is we would meet two times a week for about an hour. Could be a little longer, could be a little bit shorter. It depends on the topic. It's topics of your choice for each session. So whatever your goal is, we will get you on a path to achieve that goal. And then we will catch up and see how it's going and what's working, what's not. We could tweak it. The client leads the session, really, and topics can include weight management, food cravings, sleep, energy, stress management, digestion, gut health, food allergies, hormonal issues. And then there's also what I call primary food discussions. So what I'm talking about there are life factors, your career, relationships, spirituality, family life, home environment finances, creativity, joy, and home cooking. These are all other topics that we could touch on. We could talk about what we need to improve upon because quite honestly, good health is more than just the food that you're putting on your plate. You could have a pristine diet. If you're out of balance in other areas of your life, you are not 100% healthy. So we talk about that. We get into all of that. We could virtually share your pantry and your refrigerator, and we could go through a whole assessment of the foods that you're eating. We could do a supermarket tour together. We could do it virtually. I could be on Zoom in a supermarket, walking you down the perimeter of the supermarket, which is the only place that we really should be shopping is the perimeter of the supermarket. Why is that? You walk into a supermarket. When you walk in, you walk into the produce section. Probably every single supermarket is set up the same way. You're in produce. You want to buy the majority of your foods in the produce section. That consists of your fruits and your vegetables. When you get to the back wall, then you're in your proteins, right? So now you're in your proteins, you're in your meats, you're in your fish, you're, you know, whatever else you have that you want to eat. And then up the other side, the other perimeter of the wall is your dairy, your butter, your milk, and all of those products. So depending on what your diet looks like, that should be the only place that you are shopping.
we would do a supermarket tour like that if you felt that that was necessary. If you feel like any of this is something that you would be interested in, or you just want to take advantage of that 30-minute free health assessment, because within that 30 minutes, you may tell me something that's going on, and I may make a suggestion, and that's all you need. Who knows? But you're not under any obligation at all to continue. So it really doesn't matter that much. I would definitely suggest that you take advantage of the health assessment. Anyway, on that note, I just want to thank you very much. I so appreciate each and every one of you who comes and listens to me and engages with me. It means the world to me. I really hope that I'm adding value to your day because that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal for me is to have my clients and the people that I work with and anyone who's listening to me to reclaim their health. You know, life is very short and we should be enjoying each moment of our life. And if we're not healthy, when we don't feel well, we don't feel 100%, we really can't be enjoying our life. And I think that we were put on this earth to learn lessons, to enjoy life, to live in the moment, and just be who we're meant to be. And we can't do that without our health. And so that's why I'm passionate. And that's why I love working with women I love hearing their journey because I really honestly, truly believe that midlife is the best time of our lives. It really is. We're losing a lot of responsibility. Our children are raised. Our careers are sort of behind us at this point, or we're looking more towards retirement and a future. And we worked really hard our whole lives. So if we're going to retire, let's enjoy those years. Let's enjoy them. Let's be healthy enough to be doing everything that we've been putting off doing for so long because we put so many other people ahead of us, like our children and our husbands and our parents also are aging parents, but now it's our time as well. So on that note, I want to say again, Thank you. I so appreciate you. I hope you enjoyed this presentation. Please leave me comments, leave me reviews, follow me here, follow me on Instagram at Susan Lopresti, two underscores, and I will see you here again next time. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Take good care.